In this noisy online space, it can be so easy to keep chasing more. More clients, more money, more programs, more results, all of that. And yet what I found to be true is that the path to creating the beautiful balanced life and successful thriving business is getting even more clear on what sustainable success looks like for you. That's the conversation we're dishing out in today's episode, where we talk about what to do when you find yourself not really in love with the business you've created. If you're someone who feels like you're trying to prove yourself with your business and you're not necessarily sure you love where that's headed, then you are going to absolutely love the mindset shift we dish out in this episode to help you create a business you love and the life you desire. You're listening to One Simple Shift, and I'm your host, Amanda Joyce Weber, the mindset coach and business mentor that believes it is possible to have a beautiful, balanced life and a successful, thriving business. In fact, what if success wasn't as complicated as everyone was making it out to be? What if the magic formula you've been looking for has been you all along? Each week, I cut through the noise and bring you one simple, actionable mindset shift you can implement today to completely transform the way you show up daily and the results you see because of it. All success starts with the right mindset, and it's time that you create the life and business you've always dreamed of. Let's get started. My guest today is Laura O'Hagan. Laura is a mindset coach and business strategist. She works with coaches to grow their businesses to six figures plus while ensuring they have a business they love and fits their desires and lives. She's also a mom of two, beach lover, and lives in the Gold Coast of Australia. Laura, welcome to One Simple Chef. Thanks so much for joining me today. Oh, hello. Thank you so much for having me. And yeah, so fun to be here. I am so pumped for this conversation. I just know it's going to be so, so good. But before we dive in, can you let me know in your own words a little bit about what it is that you do and why you do it? Yes, of course. So you gave a great description in your intro. So I'm a mindset coach and business strategist, and I work with female coaches really to consistently sign clients, hit six figures and scale and keeping it top of mind along the way that they're designing a business that's unique for them and that really fits them and their lifestyle um, so that we can ensure it's a business that they love and gives them what they want. Um, Why I do it, uh, it's been such a journey and I guess we'll dive into this along the way, but my background is in nine to five corporate and I did consulting and I was an accountant and all of the things. And I really loved working in business, but I found I couldn't see the impact of the work I was doing, working in billion dollar companies or, you know, multi-million dollar projects and all of those kinds of things. There was no direct impact in just seeing the effect of that work. And so when I had my first child and we decided to move to the Gold Coast here in Australia, um, I thought about how I could bring my skills. And I also loved personal development as well and work with people to really like see the impact. So work really directly with people. So that was kind of what drew me and made me on this transition into being in my own business, which I've been November this month actually marks five years since I walked out of my corporate job. So yeah, it's been a journey 
journey, but yeah, it's just so good to see the impact directly of that work that I get to do each day. So that's a little summary. Ooh, I love it. So good. So can you fill us in a little bit about like why mindset coaching, why business strategy, like what, I know you mentioned that you really wanted to have that impact, but like what drew you to like mindset specifically? Yes, such a great question. So when I first started coaching, way back when, I started coaching actually when I was still in my nine to five and I, um, you know, the online world kind of presented itself to me and I'm like, I have a real opportunity to bring something here and help people in small business. So when I started being the background of consulting and accounting and strategy and all of those things, I actually only focused on the business strategy and like execution and planning and action steps and all of those Mm -hmm. kinds of things. Um, And it was so wild because what I started to notice was people were struggling to do the things that we'd agreed in our coaching. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I was like, what's going on here? Like we've made a clear plan, you know, I remember one client just jumping out in mind and, you know, we'd made the plan. She knew what she needed to do. And I'd go back for, you know, the session a couple of weeks later and she hadn't done it. And I couldn't, my, I couldn't wrap my mind around what was going on at that time. I was like, what's going on here? Why is the strategy not enough? Like something else is getting in the way here. And so that's when I kind of, um, I stepped back and thought about it and I actually signed up for um, like a life coach training. I was like, Mm. this will just help me improve my coaching skills and all of that. And maybe there's something in the way I'm coaching people that there's something for me to learn there. So I did that. And that's when my brain kind of started to explode around like, oh, right. Like the living. (laughs) Yeah, totally. The mindset, like all of that stuff. I was just like, oh, I can really see it now. Um, so that life coach training really started to open me up to the impact of mindset. And I could really see, I don't, I think we can sometimes spiral in mindset work too, and not necessarily take the action. And I really realized that we needed both. Um, and so that was the gateway where I was like, oh, okay, we need this mindset coaching. We need this coaching. That's not only about the strategy and what we need to do, which is very traditional style of business coaching. But we Mm -hmm. also really need to be like, what are we thinking? What's in our way? What are our limiting beliefs? What are our fears? All of these things. And I learned the skills through the training that I did. And I've done another, um, I've trained with the life coach school later, done a coaching certification there. So I really learned how to hold people through that process. And of course it transformed the results I was getting in my business because at that stage, at that stage, I wasn't applying those tools to myself. Um, and so that's kind of how I landed on it. So I really came from like the business side and the strategy first. And then what's so wild is, is that my experience personally, I've always known kind of what I need to do. And I've always been kind of an action taker and all of those things. And it wasn't until I started applying all of that mindset stuff to myself that my business really exploded. So I really got to see on the ground the the need of both, both for myself and with my clients. Oh my gosh, so good. What came up for me as you were talking there was when I had my big like mindset moment when yeah. I had been trying so hard to like 
you know, put myself out there. Like I really wanted to pivot from the design studio that I had to coaching. And I knew that was what was on my heart. And I knew that was the direction I wanted to go. And yet I just was like struggling so much with like, what, what to even call myself, how to put myself out there like that, all of it. Right. And I remember thinking that there was like this networking event that I should probably go to because I'd probably meet people and it'd probably be a good opportunity for me. And I was like, oh, but it's just going to be so uncomfortable. Like I would literally break out in hives at things like this. Mm -hmm. Like I did not enjoy in-person events like at all, right? And I just remember thinking, oh my gosh, there are people out there who actually enjoy this, who actually like really, really love going to things like this. And that's like exciting to them. Right. And I just, and I was just like trying to calculate my head. What's the difference? Like what's the difference between those people who really enjoy things like this and me? And I was like, it's the way they're thinking about it. They're not thinking about it. Like, oh my gosh, who am I going to talk to? How am I going to explain what I do? How am I going to you know, like meet the right people or get the result I want or whatever. They're just like, I genuinely enjoy this process of meeting people and gaining visibility and having these conversations. And that was just like such an aha moment for me when I was really like, oh my gosh, I need to figure out this mindset piece because nothing, like almost nothing else is going to happen if I can't figure out how to like work through those mindset blocks and like become the person who actually enjoys things like this. And I think it's so funny to think back on and it's funny this came up in this conversation, but I, it was just like that, like, oh my gosh, it's so the mindset, right? It's like, it's the mindset for me. And then when I could see it was the mindset for me, I could also one, get the right support, but two, also see how that had been like such a difference maker for the clients I had in my design studio, right? Because people were coming to me with for these beautiful brands and I had them getting like incredible results afterwards, like these big features, all these things, or it would just fall flat for other people. And I was like, what is the difference? Like, how do some people walk away with this gorgeous brand that gets them like incredible visibility? And some people just like have a website that sits there. Like, what's the difference? Mm -hmm. And that's when I clicked for mindset there too. So it was like, the universe was planting all these little seeds that kept pointing to mindset as the thing. And I just kept like scooping them up and being like, oh, okay, I guess this is the thing. Like more evidence, more evidence. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that that was my mindset journey. Yes. I love that story too. Like it's so practical to be like two people can have the exact same designer, obviously designing incredible assets for them. And some people can really run off and use that. And some people still like you know, it's so wild. And I don't know if you, this kind of happens to you with your clients, but people get really stuck on, I need the website. I need the thing. Right. And there is that part of that, but then suddenly realized, like I was laughing about this when COVID happened and I saw a meme that said like all those people who thought that they didn't have enough time or like are realizing that's not true kind of thing. Cause there's always things coming up. So in COVID, in those lockdowns, it was a joke about cleaning your attic or something like that. Um, and I think it's the same here too, where then you deliver this website to someone and they're like, oh, like it's not necessarily about just the website, right? Like there's these other pieces that go into it. I think that's such a great story because if you're listening to this, you might actually kind of really like see, like I keep thinking it's something external I need, 
right? Mm-hmm. And every time sometimes then you, you tick that box off or you get that thing done and you're like, I'm not making the shift I want, right? It's that question to be like, well, what's going on inside, right? And so like, I love how you came to that through like an event, right? Through pers- like through your own personal experience. And I came to it through my clients, but I totally needed to apply it to myself. It's just interesting to hear the different ways that we come to it. Totally. Yes, I completely agree. So speaking of taking off the box, I know that this mindset of feeling like you had to prove yourself definitely came up as you were growing your business. And I know that's a bit of the mindset shift we're going to talk about today. So can you share with me, I know that you really kind of took a turn in your business to design it in a way that felt good to you and really fit in with your life and your desires and now you help your clients do the same of course but would love to hear like what was the mindset shift that got you there like how how did that unfold for you yes so it was as these things are usually a little bit of a journey but my business in um you know obviously during the pandemic and in the period just before that grew super fast right so um things happened really quickly I was really busy and I was focused on like scaling and following that industry path right you do this and then you do that and then you do this and I followed that path for a while and like I really always want to make this really clear I loved the work I was doing I loved the clients but like it wasn't the business that I really had seen for myself you know we spoke at the start about really seeing that direct impact with the work Mm -hmm. that I was doing. And as I was, you know, working on scaling my business, I was kind of feeling a bit of a gap emerge between what I was able to do in the work with my clients and that level of intimacy and really seeing that impact and the way that my business was kind of growing. So I kind of went on a bit of a journey from there. Um, And what I came to realize was, is like the first kind of year or two in my business was so much like approving energy because obviously I'd left like my corporate job. I just got into this energy of like I had to prove and part it was I think it was both. It was like approving to myself but also like approving and like validating myself externally as well. And I just came to the realization that like I don't need to prove myself. I don't need <laughs> you know like it's funny how we kind of get there but I'm obviously doing all that mindset work and I think it took a while for me to see that was where like so much of my motivation was coming from and just landing on that place of like, I've been coming from this proving energy and I've proved it. Like I proved I could get a six figure business. I proved I could get a multi six figure business. I proved I could launch a group coaching program. I proved I could be booked out. Like I, I proved it all. But then the question was like, so what? Like I've proved I can do it, but is this actually where I want to be taking my business? And so it was, again, just that moment of not a moment, but like a long moment of, (laughs) you know, condensing down a six month time frame into a moment, but just really evaluating. Yeah. As we do it. Right. And I think that's important too. Like obviously talking on podcasts, talking on a live stream, whatever, we're, we're condensing this journey down so people can really follow it, but it is a bit of a process to go through. It can be really hard because I was giving up things that were working and, um, you know, from the outside, everything looked really good. And from the inside, like it looked good. It just wasn't really what I most wanted. And so really working through that process and giving myself that permission to really redefine what I wanted to do and why I was doing it and 
not have to follow the shoulds to like get the X whatever business, you know, whatever the metric is of the day um, that the industry is glorifying in that moment and come back to like, what am I here to do? What do I want? What's important to me? And so that was the shift really from proving to permission. I feel like that was the big shift there. Yeah. So I'm so curious because obviously in this online space, it's so easy just to latch on to those ideas of like, I must have the six figure business. I must have the group program. I'm like, I feel like in a way we're almost like spoon fed those expectations in like a very strange, I don't know, mini ecosystem (laughs) that we have. And I'm curious, like, do you have any sense of like what you felt like you were trying to prove? Like, is there something on the other side of that? Like if I, you know, reject school, then that will show, I don't know, insert thing here. I just, I think it's an interesting thing to look at and an interesting conversation to have, because I think that like, sometimes we don't even know what we're, what we're trying to prove. I'm so curious what your experience was in that. I think that's such an insightful question. It's kind of that concept of like keeping up with the Joneses, right? But like teaching, mm-hmm. keeping up with the coaching industry. Um, that's a mouthful. Don't try saying that too fast. Um, <laughs> but I think like that, I just got swept up in that. Like I knew I wanted a six figure business because that was kind of, you know, replacing my corporate salary and all of those things. Um, but beyond that, it's, you know, it's the same with, uh, and I saw it in corporate jobs and I see it, you know, in people around me where like you, you know, you get something new, maybe it's a car, right? I'm just thinking of like someone next door, they've got a car and it feels so good in that moment that you get it, but the human brain forgets, right? And six months later, you're like, oh, well, so-and-so across the street got a boat or they got a jet ski or yeah. <laughs> whatever. And like, it's so easy to kind of do that. And it's not something I think we're really consciously aware of. And I feel like that was a bit of that path because I think that's something that so many of us have just kind of societally absorbed is mm-hmm. like keeping up with the Joneses and, you know, that. And I feel like I kind of got swept up into that a little bit in the coaching industry where mm-hmm. I achieved the biggest goal I ever wanted to. And it's so quick for your eyes to flick to like what's next, right? That ever shifting. Totally goalpost um or goalposts and it's really exhausting and I think this was part of it It is like okay cool like I did the first thing okay I did the second thing like my life's not dramatically changing now like where am I actually kind of going with this and there's until you clarify that there's really no end point because let's be honest in the coaching world there's always going to be someone that's got a bigger business than you or a bigger metric than you and that's where that's where that challenge is, is really detaching from that and being like, look, some people are destined and really like desire to run multi-million dollar coaching businesses or, you know, hundred million dollar coaching businesses or whatever. And some people it's just like, that's just not what they want, right? And I think we all just kind of some, not everyone, I shouldn't speak for everyone, but it's easy to get swept up in that and just constantly see someone at the next stage. And, you know, because we're all obsessed with growth and personal growth and all of that, it's easy to be like, that's the way for me to grow. But you want to balance that off between like, is this the growth I actually want? And, you know, is it the business I want? So I think that was a long winded answer to your question that I don't feel like 
I even knew, right? It was kind of just an external validation, like, oh, Laura, you're doing amazing, right? Like getting that kind of validation from people and seeing things grow, but there was no when is it enough kind of thing. Um, yeah. And I think when that enough isn't defined, that's where you get, you just kind of repeat on the hamster wheel that maybe you left behind in another space until you bring that conscious thought to it. Totally. And I mean, I think even that concept of being enough, I think is, is such a moving target. Like you said, Mm -hmm. where I feel like I have so many instances of that in my own business, but also because enoughness is totally my like core mindset thing. (laughs) So that's the thing that comes up at every next level, but especially in my work with clients too, I just hear this like recurring theme of, I just feel like I should be doing more. I just feel like it's not enough. And I was like, well, what, what actually would be enough? And let's have that conversation because if we just keep thinking enough is like this vague moving target in the future, like that will snowball really quickly. And that becomes the constant need to like do more and perform and like the thing to keep up with instead of enough being simply because you decided that's what you have the capacity for and that's what how you enjoy showing up and what gets results. And then everything else kind of like reorients itself around that. But it, it really mm-hmm. does start with that kind of internal decision first. At least that's what I've found. Yes. I That is so powerful what you're saying because you know that idea like we kind of bring our mindset with us, right? Like if we haven't worked to shift that. So even if we feel like we're not enough at, you know, I'm going to just use financial metrics, but like it could be clients, it could be anything, right? Like let's use clients. Like if you're not enough with working with two clients, right? And you think, oh, I'll feel enough when I'm working with five, right? Then you get to five and you're like, I'll feel enough when I'm at seven, right? And it's so interesting where we think an external thing is going to shift that story for us. And I, what you're saying mm-hmm. is so true. Until we do that work, we just keep bringing it with us. And that's where you get caught in that ever shifting kind of cycle. Because if you haven't done that work and you keep bringing that not enough mindset with you, everything is going to feel not enough. Even things that at the moment seem wildly off in the future, you get there and you're like, well, like this is cool and all, but like, you know, maybe I'll feel enough at the next big thing. And it really can take a lot of enjoyment out of what you're doing. Right. And, you know, most people are actually creating incredible results and doing incredible things in the work with their clients and all of that, but they're the ones doing it to themselves in terms of making it not enough, not good enough, not big enough, not whatever enough. Totally. And I just want to point out for listeners too, like this can be literally anything in your business. Like we're talking about it through the lens of clients, but like same thing applies for those website clients I was talking about earlier of like whether that feels enough when they finally have the refreshed brand and website. It can be whether your copy is good enough. It can be whether you have enough testimonials. It can be whether you, you know, have a full enough schedule, like insert whatever you want. (laughs) And you can see that story pop up, which actually is kind of amazing news and was for me when I recognized it. Because as soon as you have that awareness, it's so much easier to spot and it's so much easier to shift. Like that was such a game changer and just knowing my pattern. So if you are listening to this and you're like, oh, that sounds like me, like just bring awareness to it. Just notice that because that's what's going to help you to 
ultimately like move through things faster. So that doesn't have to be a mindset block and tangent. <laughs> but very good tangent. Think- Worthwhile tangent. <laughs> Embodying your best six-figure CEO self isn't something that happens after the money rolls in. In fact, it's the foundation you lay now so the money can come rolling in. That's exactly why I created the Embodied CEO Intensive. Because honestly, if you aren't landing the clients or making the money you want, then your sales mindset has everything to do with that. Together, we'll do a deep dive on your sales mindset and identify your blind spots so we can get to the root of what's really holding you back from getting consistent clients in your business and building the six-figure business you desire. Not only that, but we'll create an action plan to get you there. You'll walk away with massive clarity, a deeper understanding of yourself and your patterns, and the right sales mindset to take more of the right actions to close sales with ease. It's time to embody that next level, and I'm here to help you turn that dream into the reality. Learn more about this intensive and book your complimentary call at amandajoyceweber.com slash embodied intensive. Was there a moment for you where you kind of realized like, hey, this isn't it? I know we said it was like a long moment, but like, what were the indicators that, you know, it wasn't really feeling good to you or, you know, you were chasing something you didn't ultimately want? Like, how did that show up for you? Yeah. So I think what happened is I started to feel like I didn't want more clients, right? Like, I, and I and I started to feel like resentful of my business. So the the idea of not wanting more clients kind of thing showed up because it was like I don't want to be doing this, right? Like, when I love the work that I'm doing, you know, it's so easy to go out and and you know do that. So for me, that kind of showed up where it's like I don't even want to do the work that I built this whole business for, and it's nothing to do with my incredible clients or anything like that. But it was a reflection on me and the state I was in where I was almost like, I don't kind of want to do this. And like, it's interesting then when you get into that place where you're like, I want to work with more people and make that impact and all of those things. Yet on the other hand, I'm like, I don't really want to go out and do the work to do this. <laughs> right? Like, so I found myself in a little bit of a tension and then I reflected that like, I was a bit, I don't know if it was resentful, but I just came to that realization that I just wasn't liking the direction I was heading in. So that was such an indicator for me. It's like, well, if I, I'm loving the work that I'm doing with my clients and I, I had all of this past history to kind of show me that I did, yeah. why don't I want to go out and like, you know, do the things to um, create those results, to bring more people in? Um, and so for me, that was kind of that sign where obviously working with a coach and having that all reflected back, but um, starting to see like, I don't even want to do the thing I'm here to do. So it brought up those questions like, is this the business I really want to do going forward? If yes, like what does that need to look like? So it was just that moment of kind of one thing, you know, revealed new questions to ask, but that was the first sign was noticing I was kind of in resistance, I guess is probably the word around, you know, sustaining or growing my business. I started to feel a lot of resistance there around it. And when I questioned that, I could see it was ultimately coming from that place of, well, this isn't really what I want to do. So that resistance was kicking up because mm-hmm. it's hard to go out and do the work to create the business that you don't actually want, right? 
Totally. Okay. So like side question here. I think a lot of times what happens is we view that resistance, especially if you're like keen to mindset work, you view that resistance as of like, oh, there must be a mindset thing to work through here. Or there must Mm -hmm. be like, like something like a story, right. Or like something here that's causing that resistance or like the discomfort of it. Right. And I think two things I want to point out. One, you had built it for like what the past, how many years, three years? Um, Yeah. I think I'd been uh, like, I'd pivoted my business a couple of times since I um, left my day job, but um, I think it was around two years or two and a half years. So I had a big backlog of not backlog, but you know, I had a lot of evidence. I had a backlog of evidence of what I really liked doing. Um, So I could draw on that because yeah, resistance is such a interesting thing. Yeah. So it, to me, that's like, okay, it wasn't just like discomfort then, right? Because you had no. built it over two years. Like you knew that process, you knew what to do. Like it wasn't just like, this is an uncomfortable action to take. It's like, oh no, there's definitely something else there. How could you tell that it wasn't just like a mindset thing to work through? And it was like an actual shift to business model. Yes. And I think that's such a great insight. You're so insightful in pulling these things out because, you know, there can be resistance because we've got fear around taking action or growing to the next level or um, something like that. And I think those, that resistance usually comes from, I want this, but right. And, and you often get in that resistance. Whereas what was one of the difference makers and obviously growing my business the way I had, I've taken plenty of uncomfortable action yes right? totally <laughs> kind of for myself like feel the difference I suppose but the difference often is like resistance is there you're like I want this result but I have to do this hard thing and there's a resistance there whereas for me the difference really there was like I didn't really want the result right so it wasn't like I was resisting myself it was like I was questioning whether I actually even wanted that result and so that was that 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 difference there, it wasn't coming from a place of, you know, uncomfortable actions, usually like a fear, right? So Mm -hmm. there's some kind of fear there or some kind of belief. And I could really tell, like, when I questioned it, it wasn't like, oh, I really want this thing, or I know I really need to do this, but I'm not going to. It was a real different kind of sense of like, this isn't what I wanted, which was creating that inner resistance. Um, so hopefully that's helpful for the list people listening in, but there's the difference between when you want the result and you're kind of getting in your way. And that's like a resistance around discomfort or fear or those things versus the questioning, is this the result I actually want? Or is this the thing I actually want? Because one of those, of course, if it's the resistance around, like, I really want this and this is what I need to do and I'm scared, you know, that's such a different pathway to reevaluating your business. So knowing the difference there. Yeah. I think that's such a great question. Okay. So next question is, I think we should really kind of like spell it out for people what the strategy shift was or what the like overall business model shift was. So can you talk a little bit about, because I think we've talked a lot about the mindset and the feelings behind it and all of that, which I think is super important, but I just want people to have a really good grasp of like, okay, when you decided like, Hey, I'm kind of chasing this thing. I don't want out of the desire to prove myself, which I don't really need to do. Like what actually shifted in your business? 
So that's a great question because then for me, that was really a re-evaluation and a change up of some of like the business fundamentals. So I'd been building my business through scaling, um, through like group programs and launching and all of that kind of thing. And so the shift there was actually going back to the business model, which I love the most, which is one-on-one coaching. So that was the ultimate shift that led me to, whereas like I've gone down this path and I've tried it and I know I can do it and all of that, but it's just, you know, not what I really want to do. It's not the way I love working with my clients. So that strategy or you know, business model change was what that resulted in. And I think that can be hard in terms of like the industry and the messaging that we get there around like, this is the way, or like, if you're not doing this, you're, you know, you're doing it wrong or, you know, it's easy to absorb those messages. And, you know, there's a lot of messages around like, you know, you can't scale through one-on-one and all of that. So that was like a really big decision. Um, but that's ultimately what that shift was, was was going back to like, this is what I love doing. This is what I want to do. And if I never kind of increase my income again, like this is still what I'd be choosing to do. So that's what it looked like in terms of like really re- reevaluating the business model and how I wanted to work with people and being confident to go out and share that message with the world and kind of say, you know, no to something that was working and is a lot of the way people do it and say yes to what I most want to do. Yes. Okay. So with that, I think often there's this belief that like you can either have one or the other, either you're like making the money you want or you have the business that you like love. And I think sometimes we don't think the two can like live together. What are your thoughts on that? I think they can live together, but I also think it's like, there's always going to be parts that do feel like work or, you know, having a business you love. And I had this conversation with, um, on another guest thing a few weeks ago was having a business you love is not the same as loving every single task you need to do in your business, right? So, yes. <laughs> so we had that conversation where it's like, hey, like today I have to pay the Australian tax office thousands of dollars. Like, and is that like the thing I love doing the most in my business? No, but like it's, you know, it's just something that needs to be done. And really having that conversation of like you can have a business you love and be really happy with what you're doing and your client base and your business model or all of those things. But that doesn't mean there's going to be, you know, decisions that like you're still going to have uncomfortable decisions. You're still going to have challenging times. Like there's still going to be triggers for you, right? There's still going to be tasks that you don't like doing and it, nothing can really take away from just being human and having a human experience in the world. We're still going to have those. And so I think there's that, that space where it's like, You don't have to have either or. They don't need to be completely traded off. But also I think the expectations of what like a coaching or an online business can can give you can sometimes get out of whack too. Whereas like a business you love and feeling really excited about what you're doing doesn't mean that you don't have hard moments or you don't have to put in work or those other things. So that's how I think about that. And of course, you know, I've foregone faster growth at this stage of my business 
for a different business model. So mm-hmm. that's not to say that my business can't grow, but I kind of made that decision and that it's not, you know, it was, I was doubling every year. Staying in this model is not necessarily going to like reap that same result. And that's a trade-off I'm willing to make, but that doesn't mm-hmm. mean I can't make a great income, right? It's, it's just like figuring out what's most important to you and, um, finding that way to work it, but there are definitely ways to get both and, you know, all the things you want, but yeah, it, it, you're still going to be a human living a human experience. Totally. And I don't think like <laughs> no business is going to be able to engineer that out. And I think that that just, it sounds obvious when we talk about it like this, but sometimes I think that's the underlying mindset is like, well, I must be doing something wrong because I don't love every single part of this, or I yeah. must be doing something wrong because it's taken me longer to grow or like insert thing here. Right. Yeah. And I think that if you can almost say like, this is part of like the the human experience is like taking the this path learning the lessons like seeing what feels good having the challenges all of that and like you can't really engineer that out of your business and and you'd be bored as hell if you did you know like (laughs) I think sometimes seeing the flip side of that too is super valuable you know yeah. And I, and I think we're absorbing this, you know, people are marketing all kinds of things, right? And and this conversation's so nuanced, right? It's hard to cap, yeah. catch like a one-liner or someone's like headline in their caption or, or whatever, or, you know, their carousel, right? But like where, you know, there's a lot of marketing out there, like, you know, never have a challenging client again by doing this. And it's like, Yes, that makes for great marketing or never have, you know, a low income month or whatever, never have a whatever, like you said, insert thing here. There's people out there marketing their offers and their programs around that. And I'm not saying that they can't deliver on that or anything, but I think we're just losing some of the nuance in there. Like like you said, how can you engineer a business never to have something happen, you know, life happened to one of your clients and having to hold them through a hard time or, um, totally. you know, all the things that can happen. I just think we want to like sanity check that because there's no business, right? Like my background as an accountant means I've seen so many different types of businesses and I see people leave one business for another thinking, oh, the grass is greener kind of thing. And then they're like, mm-hmm. oh, Still challenges, just different if it's a restaurant, different challenges to an online coaching business, different to a hairdresser, you know, all all different businesses. But there has to be that realisation that like, you know, yeah, life's going to happen. Things are going to happen. And, and yes, we can become better at kind of filtering for things and setting up processes and all of those things. But often we learn that from having gone through them And even, you know, having the best processes in the world, being the best filter in the world doesn't mean that things aren't going to shift and happen behind the scenes in your business that, you know, like I love how you said engineered out. You can't necessarily engineer every possibility out. Um, And like you said, that's where the growth comes from. Totally. It's probably because my husband has a background as an engineer and like he thinks about the world very much in this way of like, how can we process improve? How can we like streamline things? Right. Which is amazing, right? Like the guy is setting up like all kinds of like, you know, fancy technology to heat up the 
Kita, what did you tell me today? Now I can tell Alexa when I'm going up to take a shower so that she can turn like the <laughs> pump we have for hot water. I live in the mountains, guys. It takes a while to get hot water up to the second floor of our house. So she can turn the hot water pump on so that when I get out there, I can just turn on the shower and have warm water. Like this is Love what that. he does for fun. So we are very much in the like process improvement engineering mindset over here but I think like that's what probably why we make a good pair is because he's very much like how can we engineer this and I'm very much like how can we feel our way through it right like how can we how can we mindset our way through the challenges right so I think it takes both but I think that that's just I don't know it's I'm getting off topic here but I think it's so helpful to hear that you know you've seen a lot of different sides of a lot of different businesses at this point from being an accountant to your scaling business model to your one-on-one business model. And I think that it's just so helpful to hear from people who have seen all different sides of that, that you're not doing something wrong if you're still having challenges and you're not doing something wrong if you have to make these like hard decisions to go after what actually feels good and set your own path there and really, you know, shift. And I'm sure that wasn't an easy decision to make, but I, I mean, I'm I'm guessing you can tell me you're glad you did. Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm so glad I did, but you're right. Like, it doesn't mean being in that decision-making process is necessarily fun or, Mm. you know, an easy process. But, of course, it set me up for, like, getting to do more work that I love and being really like grounded and confident in what I'm doing and also shifting out of that energy to like constantly prove myself and just be like, this is what I'm here for. This is the work I'm meant to do. And I can see that every day, see the impact I'm making. But you're right. Like we don't see that kind of messy process that happens behind the scenes that's part of that. And so, yes, like I love what you're saying is that it doesn't feel easy sometimes making big decisions, making hard decisions, choosing your own path, right? Following your own kind of like carving out your own path when everyone else is, you know, following the well-trodden one over there, right? None of this necessarily feels easy or, you know, is like a process that you can really like understand like a 40 minute podcast episode, right? Like (laughs) like a process of around six months, I think, where I really went through this. Um, And there were all kinds of decisions. Should I be doing something else? Should I stay in this? If I was doing, you know, this, this way, would I feel more enjoyment there? Is it getting me closer? Right. There's so many kind of decisions and, and thinking and mindsetting and, you know, all of that through it, that it can feel really messy. And so if someone's like listening and going, like, I feel like I'm in the mess, trust Mm. me, I I felt like I was a bit of a, (laughs) in a bit of a mess when this happened, because right. Like, it's just not, it's just not an easy and clean process. And it's not something we're seeing a lot of people, you know, showcase because it, it's happening behind the scenes, right? So I think this is totally. such a conversation. Yes. Okay. So can you fill us in? Like if someone is thinking, okay, this is totally hitting home. It's totally resonating. I'm not in love with my business. I don't know what to do. 
what are some practical elements that they can work on to really start figuring out like where they veered off the path and kind of what they want most in business so that they can get back to what feels good there? Yes. So great question. I have like, I created like a bit of a list of things, but I think there's six things that I've come down to. And obviously, given the time, we can't dive into all of those. But I think the first one, the really great place to start is checking back in with your values, right? At the highest level, like we sometimes forget what we value, right? Because we're making these micro decisions and we're, you know, getting swept up in um, the industry or the Joneses or all those things we've spoken about. And we can sort of almost like a record player, right? Where you skip over to a different track and you're like, Mm -hmm. "Hmm." like I'm running this line that doesn't really feel quite right for me. And that's where I think the first thing I did was come back to my values. And I think that's such a great place to start is like, what are the things that you value most, right? Do you value, you know, working with people closely? Do you value time? Do you value you know, um, not having coaching sessions, right? And like, ha- like doing work when you like want to, like whatever it is, coming back to like what you value most, and then you can kind of start evaluating where is my business maybe not in alignment with those values because it's just easy. It's just a gradual, you know, veering off, and suddenly you veered off on a path you're quite wide from your values, or maybe it's just a, a little bit. But by going mm. through that process, then you can start to be clear on, right, I can see where I veered off. And then I can evaluate some of those practical pieces around how do I redesign my business or change up my strategy or whatever to bring me back into alignment to those. Yes. Okay. Can you give us like a preview of the other five? <laughs> I know we won't have time to go go through all of them, but I would love to hear like where, like why, what their thought process is behind those. Yeah. So first one, I've got my little list here, so I would never forget one. Um, the first up is the values alignment, and then that starts to inform each of these next ones. So then, you know, making sure it's a client group or a type of work that you want. So, you know, you've spoken about, you know, doing design and things like that. And some people can be like, oh, well, I've gone into coaching because that's a growing industry. But maybe they, you know, you really love design and you've kind of veered off in, ty- in terms of the type of work or the group of people that you're working with. Um, then it's the business model, right? So making sure that's the business model that you want and also works for your lifestyle. Mm. Then it's an aligned strategy. So making sure it's a strategy that, again, it, you know, it's easy to get these copy and paste and like this is how you do it and you hear it in everyone's kind of marketing and those kinds of things. But I think there's a strategy that works that plays to everyone's strengths and that, mm-hmm. again, not to override that there won't be uncomfortable actions to take, but you can really have a strategy that aligns to your strengths, aligns to how you want to do things and aligns to your values. The next one is defining your own version of success, which is really what we spoke to before about that enoughness story. So like, what is success to you? It might be having more time. It might be taking time, you know, each day to be with your family or go for walks in the mountains with your dogs, right? Like it could be so many different things. But again, when we're not clear on that, it's easy to buy into other people's version of success. Um, So that's one. And then the last one, which I think you're going to be totally across, is then that strong growth mindset. So having that mindset where you can support yourself in all the decisions you make and really 
allow yourself to like have that permission. I feel like permission is such a big piece in this, mm. permission like confidence or self-confidence. Um, so that's a summary of the six. Yes. Oh my gosh. So much juiciness there. So I know that you have a masterclass on this that people can dive into if they're finding themselves in a business that they no longer love. Can you tell us where they can find that? Yes. I've got it linked up on my website. So um, should I say the link here or do you want to share it in the show notes? Yeah. Okay. We'll do both. Um, It's Laura J. O'Hagan, which is L-A-U-R-A. J-O-H-A-G-A-N, if you can understand the Australian accent, dot com (laughs) slash resources. And I've got a whole bunch of things there. And on that resources page is the um, masterclass. So I ran that earlier this year and the replays there are available. So you can just download and watch it instantly. And we dive into all of those in a lot of detail. Yes. And we will be sure to link that in the show notes. So if you didn't quite catch that, definitely head over to the One Simple Shift show notes, and this will be linked with Laura's episode. Laura, if people love what they heard from you today, where can they find you? Yes, if they want to connect, the best place to do that is Instagram. So come on over, say, hey, um, I'm at Laura J. O'Hagan. So everything's the same, nice and easy. Or if you want to explore any of these topics that we've spoken about, head on over to my website. That's a great place full of amazing resources too. Perfect. Oh, so good. I love this conversation so much. I am all about building the beautiful, balanced life and successful, thriving business. And I just feel like this was such a good reminder to really tap into what that looks like for you and go after that. And don't feel like you have to prove anything to anyone. Like you get to do what feels good to you. So Laura, thank you so much for joining us. This was so fun. And I just so appreciate you being here. Thank you so much for being here and you're doing amazing work. I love this conversation. I love the insights you bring. So thank you for the amazing work you're doing too. Thank you. Thanks for listening to One Simple Shift. Check out the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at amandajoyceweber.com slash one simple shift. If you're loving this podcast, do me a favor and leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. These reviews truly mean the world to me, helping me to reach more people and have more impact. And as a special thanks, we'll reach out to everyone that leaves a review and you'll receive my absolutely free life and business changing future you meditation. This mindset exercise is the simplest, easiest way to tap into future you today and start being that woman now. I only wish I had a visualization exercise like this when I first started my business and now it's available to all of you. Simply screenshot your review and email it to me at amanda at amandajoyceweber.com to receive your free meditation. And remember, sometimes the only thing standing in the way of a more profitable business and a more fulfilling life is one simple shift. And then the other thing that came up for me, um, oh my goodness, I had two things and then I lost the other thing.